Sophie Hardy and the Battle of the Myriad by M.R. Dale, narrated by Leona Hall. Chapter 2. Aftermaths. Tell me where they are, Clara shouted at the top of her voice. Tell me, she shrieked again, but still no response came. Sophie wanted to tell her to give it up for the day, but she had tried that earlier and all her cousin had given her was an ear bashing of her own. So Sophie was in no rush to try again. It was her main reason for just leaving and trying her chances against the Chimera earlier. Instead, Sophie just looked at the Encantado, who was just staring at Clara, almost tormenting her. Almost two weeks had passed since the ageing, where all children under 11 had magically been turned into 11-year-olds, and the vanishing, where everyone without an internet implant had disappeared in the blink of an eye. World leaders had met to discuss how to deal with the crisis, but nothing much had been done about anything so far. Apparently, both the events had put anything that had happened before the departure in the shade, and the adult population had never witnessed a trauma like it, and therefore had no idea how to deal with it. The news in Britain had been further dominated by the story that, at the time of the vanishing, MPs had been sat in Parliament debating, and due to a law that had been passed only a few years ago, were forbidden from wearing an internet implant when in session. As a result, most of the British government had been sent to the underworld. This had left Britain in a crisis all on its own, and there were various people vying to be the next Prime Minister. Meanwhile, the public had been left to organise themselves, with nobody to formally govern. Schools had been shut for children for the time being, while the remainder of the government, those who had been fortunate enough to not be in that session of Parliament, and the schools figured out what they were going to do, what with there being little to no children in the world now aged under 11. Babies had been born in the 10 or 11, Sophie had lost track, days since, and they were perfectly healthy and normal, but the next child older than the newborn babies was 11. Speculation had been rife on the internet about what had caused the ageing, but nobody seemed sure. Some conspiracy theorists were inclined to blame the mythicals, as despite having no evidence, it seemed like an easy place to point the finger of blame. However, most people seemed to be blaming Shadow, as the vanishing of everyone over 18 on the planet who didn't have an internet implant had happened just a few minutes after. People thought it might have been some sort of marketing trick in order to lure people into buying an internet implant, but it had gone horribly wrong. Thus, the borderline derelict Shadow Building, now Scope HQ to those children in the know, had been awash with reporters outside in the days since, all desperate to find answers to their questions. The vanishing had left millions of children in poorer countries, both those that were 11 before and those new to being 11, alone as their parents had had no access to an implant. They were now desperately in need of help from other, richer nations. Britain, of course, had been in no position to oblige, due to its lack of leadership, but it hadn't stopped people in the communities making food parcels and collecting old clothes that nobody wanted anymore to help those in need. Why won't you help me? Clara bellowed again, still nothing from the creature. It clearly knew something, but it really wasn't budging. It was taking great pleasure in watching Clara struggle. Why? Sophie couldn't work out. Sophie, her mum and Clara were all in a very similar position now. They were all missing someone who had been lost and were all coping in very different ways. Tom had been amongst those that weren't wearing an implant at the time of the vanishing and Clara's dads had also both gone because they were still living without their implants after Miss Sissons had given them a false memory. Clara was understandably heartbroken. She had lost both the men who had raised her from birth and would have been homeless had Sophie's mum not been registered by Clara's dads as her go-to if anything ever happened to them. Since last week, Clara's heartbreak had led to her showing a darker side to herself and she had locked up the Encantado in a cell in Zatvor. 
She had then hurled abuse at it for not helping her find her real mum and dad, something Clara was now seeing as an escape from what had happened in the real world. Sophie got the feeling that Clara might partly blame her for the situation after she had messed up the negotiation of Kingsley with Desmerelda. However, Sophie also thought that, as she had lost someone too, Clara might be holding back the anger towards her, so she was making herself a bit confused where Clara was concerned, and as a result, was treading lightly. Meanwhile, Sophie was missing her own dad immensely as well. Whenever she thought of him, she got a sinking feeling in her stomach, but so far, she had just written it off as grief and distracted herself by doing something like watching her cousin threaten a mythical creature or trying to defeat the Chimera. Amelia had been next to useless to everyone since her husband and her brother, Clara's dad Matthew, had been lost in the vanishing. She had barely moved off the sofa and the wine bottles that Sophie had previously found in the recycling now encircled her mum, who moaned at Sophie whenever she tried to tidy up. On top of that, Amelia had appeared to have no reaction whatsoever to her baby daughter, Lizzie, now suddenly being 11 years old. Lizzie was, from what Sophie could see, a relatively normal 11-year-old girl, albeit quite shy and quiet in social situations. The pair had always gotten on so well when Lizzie couldn't talk, and Sophie understood why, but now that she should be able to, Lizzie wasn't very forthcoming at all. Sophie did understand that Lizzie was in a very difficult position and had done her best to relate to her sister, but Lizzie never seemed to look her in the eye and always made comments that weren't about what Sophie was talking about. It was like Lizzie didn't understand the situation the family were in, but Sophie could see that being a toddler only last week would be enough to mess anyone up, and so assumed it was that. Perhaps it's time to stop, Clara, Yasmin's voice said into both Sophie and Clara's ears. Shut up, Yaz, Clara snapped back. A message popped up in Sophie's eye. She clicked on it. Can't you stop her, Yasmin had sent. Why? was Sophie's blunt and nonchalant response, still thinking about how she could defeat the Chimera and understanding completely why her cousin needed to do what she was doing. Lizzie seemed to have retained all the memories of Sophie telling her about Scope and the training exercises she had been on. Sophie could tell she was intrigued and seemed to want in on the escapades, but Lizzie hadn't flat out asked yet, and that worried Sophie, as she didn't know how she would deal with it when she inevitably did. It would be irresponsible to let Lizzie loose on all this without some reassurances from someone, especially with Lizzie being withdrawn and uncomfortable. In the brief moment Sophie had thought about it, had she wanted to be irresponsible, she realised that she could quite easily invite her along. It wasn't like Miss Sissons was anywhere to be seen. Because it's just causing her distress, came Yasmin's reply. She was watching from the control room at Scope, a place Yasmin had made her own since Miss Sissons had gone, while the children were out trying to stop Desmerelda. It's giving her something to take her anger out on, Sophie replied. She wasn't about to stop Clara from doing what she was doing, as it might reposition her grief onto Sophie, and Sophie wasn't ready to deal with that directly. Sophie was only in half the pain that Clara was, and it was really hurting her, never mind what Clara must be going through. You have a go, Clara ordered Sophie, throwing her arms up in the air and walking away from the smirking Encantado. Sophie just shook her head, seeing it as an unexpected potential release for Clara to let out that wouldn't have ramifications on her. We need to try something different. This isn't working. Hoping to bring about a rest for Clara. What do you suggest? Clara replied aggressively, as if Sophie thought she knew how to question a mythical better than she did. Don't know yet, Sophie replied, trying to stare out the Encantado. You should listen to your friend, the Encantado said, confidently. At that, Clara turned and ran at him before picking it up and pinning it against the dirty stone wall. It did nothing other than smile at her, which annoyed Clara even more. OK, that's enough. I'm pulling you both out, 
Yasmin said through both earpieces. Sophie and Clara immediately vanished from the confines of the cell and reappeared in the control room at Scope, much to the enragement of Clara. What the hell are you doing? Clara screamed at Yasmin. Helping? Yasmin replied, very sheepishly. Helping? Clara snapped back. I don't need your help. That thing will tell me what it knows, whatever way I can get it to. It will, but not today, Sophie reassured her. Clara kicked over a chair and let out a yelp of annoyance that masked her pain. Yasmin was completely at a loss. She still had both her parents. Her mum always wore her implant and her dad was away on another business meeting, inevitably wearing his implant when the vanishing took place. Over the last week, she had tried to empathise with Sophie and Clara but found it difficult to relate to their situation. Therefore, she had pretty much stayed out of their way and spent her time teaching herself what the buttons did in the scope control room. Using the time dilator, she had learnt almost all of it in the space of about a week. I think we need to go home for the night, Sophie said, daring to suggest that Clara stop. What's the point? Clara replied. Your mum will just be lying on the settee, not doing anything. She won't even have noticed we've gone. Sophie wanted to have a go at Clara and say she shouldn't say that about her mum, but she knew she was right. They would zone out, back into the tiny bedroom that they were being forced to share, while Lizzie still got her own room, and find Amelia laid down on the settee doing nothing, while Lizzie would be on the other settee next to her, also doing nothing. Sophie got the sinking, vomit-inducing feeling in her stomach again that she had been feeling since Desmeralda, discovering Lizzie was 11 and Dad had gone. She felt sick and like she was going to sweat or cry or something, but she quickly thought of a way to stop it by changing the subject. Have you heard from Kingsley yet, Yaz? Yasmin fumbled about with some buttons that had nothing to do with the question before eventually composing herself and answering, No, why? Have you? After he had watched his mum turn into a full changeling, age all the children on earth and banish anyone who didn't have an internet implant to the underworld, Kingsley had been able to concentrate without the constant voice of his mum in his head for the first time in his life. The girls knew that he would form a valuable member of Scope when they needed him, but he had the powers of a mythical running through him and wanted to get to grips with them as soon as possible. The girls had offered him a hard light avatar, which he had accepted, but said he would only use in real emergencies, as he wanted to embrace the mythical side of himself and saw the implant as being largely unnecessary. One thing he had mastered was the portaling ability that Miss Sissons had said the changelings had, and so wherever he wanted to go, he could now portal himself. In the moments the girls had thought about him, they wondered if he might come back with new children that could join them, mythicals that needed help, or anybody that might need stopping, but it seemed in the last week or so he hadn't been in contact at all, which Sophie found most disappointing. Have we got anything on Condonar then? Clara turned to say, with her arms folded, anger still written all over her face, and desperately seeking some sort of positive from the day. Yasmin was blank. In the ten days she had been working on it, there was nothing in any scope record that mentioned anyone or anything called Condonar. Had they not all heard the name on that fateful afternoon last week, or Sophie had not interacted with the man, who she now assumed was Condonar's husband from what Desmerelda had said, in Zatfall, who had warned her of her oncoming, then they would be completely none the wiser to her even existing. They had cross-referenced the husband who had warned Sophie that Condonar was coming but Sophie will help, when the mythicals broke out of Zatfall, but they still had found nothing concrete. There were thousands upon thousands of records in the Scope archives, but nothing at all about the white-haired man with red eyes or the supposedly petrifying Condonar. The three girls stood in an uncomfortable silence. They couldn't do anything at Scope. Sophie and Clara had no reason to go home, so it was Yasmin who broke off the meeting for the evening. 
She didn't want to say she was going to see her dad, who was getting back from yet another meeting that evening before jetting off to goodness knows where again tomorrow morning because she knew it would be insensitive to the other two. But Sophie and Clara had worked it out and didn't argue when she broached the subject of going home for the night. That left the two cousins behind. What are we going to do? Sophie asked. Clara just shrugged. Sophie didn't like the idea of leaving her there all alone, just in case she fancied another crack at the Encantado by herself. So, she offered to make tea for her if she came back now, as there was no point in staying or going, so they might as well choose one. With an angry tone of knowing that deep down Sophie was right, Clara accepted, and the two zoned back into Sophie's tiny bedroom. Sophie Hardy Saga was written and produced by Emma Dale and narrated and produced by Leona Hall. If you enjoyed it and would like to continue to follow the adventures of Sophie and her friends in coming episodes, then please subscribe through one of the many podcast providers out there. The links for each of these can be found on our website. If you require more information, visit our many social media channels, or if you would like to purchase a copy of the book, then be sure to check out our website, www.sophiehardysaga.com. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy.